Hello, and welcome to episode three of Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun. This episode is called Bunting and Bandits. Don't forget that you can follow us on Twitter at The Day of Fun Show. See you there. Hello. Hi. Welcome to episode three of Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun. Yay. Three's um, a good number. Three's a magic number. Exactly. Well, this week is very exciting because we have our first outside broadcast. Yep. Um, Professional. Exciting. Yeah. It blew the budget on... Um, it did. Soda and food. We had, we had to buy lunch. Yeah. So uh, this is a small clip of us out and about in North London. Enjoy. We are at Haberdashery yep. in North London. An exciting cafe. Where we have, uh, I'm drinking some soda from a jar. I have drunk my soda from a jar. I don't think the drinking from a. Oh, that's a better sound. Um, I've had a lovely club sandwich. I had a falafel burger. Um, but it's so nice because instead of like a usual falafel burger, it's just kind of like burger buns with actual little falafels in it. This was Ooh. a falafel burger. Oh wow, a falafel patty. Now, do you think that they had ground down balls of falafel and turned it into a burger, or do you think that they had created a big flat falafel? I, think, I, I suspect who would do that? You just create a, flat, a large flat falafel. Oh, we should say that we are outside in the, the back, and there is gravel, <laughs> gravel, and other people. So and it's suddenly got a lot louder. Yeah, just we start recording. As is the way. Oh, and someone's phone's ringing. And we seem to be talking a lot more quietly because I mean, they're now suspicious of the fact that we're talking. We've, we've, what we've done is we've, we've sort of stood the microphone upright in a, bowl of sugar. Sugar. in a bowl of sugar packets and it's it's sort of slightly disguised behind a potted plant. Yeah, what we've done is we didn't want to draw attention to ourselves. I think actually we'd be, we'd, we'll have a better recording if we come out. <laughs> out and proud. Maybe. And a bit more loud. Yeah. Because of rhyme. Um, yeah, so Haberdashery is a little cafe. It's all covered in bunting and you get your your menu printed on brown paper. Sort of brown paper. Um, it looks like it's all typewritten. You can buy like tea cosies and egg cosies and bunting and stuff. You can buy bread really in a pot. It's lovely. I'm wearing summer dresses. Yeah, we're wearing summer dress but with jackets because we're sitting it's in the shade. shade and it's a wee bit chilly. So that was us having a lovely lunch in the sunshine. So what else have we been up to uh, in the last fortnight? Um, it was the end of term at Guides. Yes, it was. For both um, of us. Yep, we're gearing up for the Olympics by doing an Olympics-themed activity pack. We made poi. That famous Olympic sport. Yes, not the lentils. That would be silly. Yeah. I mean the kind of juggling New Zealand ribbon spinning Stuff. How would you explain poi to somebody who's never seen poi before? Okay, to do to do poi, what we did was um, we used loads of pairs of old tights um, and you cut the legs off and then you fill balloons with bits of rice. You put them in the end so they're weighted so tie you can them spin up them around. and then you drop them into the toes, tie knots, they stay in place and then they're, they're weighted and then you can, yeah, you, you, you hold the other end and you can spin them around and make lovely patterns, like rhythmic gymnastics. And then some people will set them on fire, but it's not advisable to do that with 10 to 14 year olds. Not with 10 to 14 year olds in a small church hall. Um, So it was, uh, for our last night of term, the clocks had just gone forward, so it was lighter in the evening. Um, So they all went round about in the back garden of the church that we'd meet at. Somebody got nettle stings, somebody got a scratch from a thorn, and somebody got poo all over themselves. <laughs> they got Not their own <laughs> bird poo. Um, so we had a rather upset guide who went home, had to go home in my polo shirt. Um, so who knows if I'll ever see that back. And also, I bought, um, obviously the last 
meeting for Easter, so I thought, well, we'll each have cream eggs. I went off to uh, Sainsbury's, other high street supermarkets are available. Now, usually, you can buy boxes of cream eggs. You in, buy them in six packs, like a box of eggs. Or nine packs, or twelve, you've seen like, them. Yeah, like a, but you can get them like a box of eggs. Um, not, not for our Sainsbury's, no, no. I had to buy 33 individual uh, cream eggs, which meant I, and I went and did the self-scan. Beep. Beep. Because if you'd gone through the checkout, they could have scanned one and pressed times 33. Yeah, but I didn't have that luxury. No, you um, very long All receipt. that forethought. So I have now the world's best receipt, which just says cream egg, cream egg, cream egg, all the way down. As one of my friends remarked, are you making a ball pit? <laughs> um, so next term starts in... in Two weeks. Two weeks. And it will be, uh, there'll be all sorts of activities. Mainly, I think, go and run in the sunshine, girls. Have go. <laughs> Crack open a beer. I wouldn't. Not really. We no. jest. Also this week, um, I've been off to various plays. And here, again, we return to ourselves at Haberdashery. Um, and this is uh, one of the things I got up to this week. Go I to went to queue for tickets to see the recruiting officer at the Donmar featuring uh, Mackenzie Crook, Mark Gatiss, a guy that I kept trying to work out where I could recognise him from, looked in the programme, and it turns out that I recognise him because he looks a bit like Anton Dubeck. <laughs> and I actually hadn't seen him in anything at all. Now, the, the Donmar famously sells out um, quite quickly because it's, it's only 250 seats. So they do day tickets. Um, and I went... Uh, they do 10 day tickets. I went on Thursday because I was banking on the fact that there are two shows. What happened is I got in. I got there at 8.30, joined a queue. Um, an hour later, so I chatted to the lady behind me, uh, firm friends. <laughs> um, we, it was really lovely. We then sat, we bought tickets to realise we were going to sit next to each other at matinee. Uh, and I bought my tickets and I'll see you at the matinee. And then afterwards, she had a cup of tea, so she went and bought me a cup of tea and some shortbread. Very so nice. uh, it was really lovely. And we sat and talked about theatre and film and all sorts. So aren't, aren't people good? People aren't <laughs> I people just lovely. Yeah, but Doctor Who and Sherlock's Mark Gatiss was in... Um, the recruiting officer. Oh, <laughs> wow. He, he certainly had a look at that character. Like, big, big periwig <laughs> in bunches. Ooh. Ooh. Loads of makeup, lace. It was very funny. Uh, yeah, so that's what I did yesterday. So that was very exciting. I also went to see the Comedy of Errors at the National Theatre. Um, that was really good. I'd never seen the Comedy of Errors before. It's one of the Shakespeare's I had, I had knew nothing about. I knew there were two sets of twins and that was about it and uh it i think it's his first or what it's a really early one which you can tell because there was a solid two minutes of farting oh god i sort of thought oh wow this is oh this is still happening Uh, but it was very good and the band um the recruiting officer had a really good band in it and as did uh, the comedy errors and it was sort of set it was sort of mediterranean-y but they played modern songs in Spanish so they sang Paranoid by Black Sabbath and they sang Crazy by Niles Barkley. I'm sure I've been to other plays recently. I went to the ballet but that might have been before the last episode. Ballet Beyond Ballet Russe. Yes. Um, And that was at the Coliseum which if you're going to go for the cheap seats take climbing boots. (laughs) It is a trek up there. Up in the nosebleeds. Yeah. Um, and it was very good. But it's the English National Opera. So when the safety curtain comes down, it looks like a tribute to Brian Eno. <laughs> um, I'd really like him to do a ballet just, just for the beauty of that combination. Yeah, so that's kind of what we've been well, up you've to. You've had a gay old week, haven't you? Yeah, so I've been, been larking about, enjoying the sunshine. Speaking of sunshine, do you want to hear my musical choice? I'd love to hear your musical choice. Well, I have kind of an unwritten rule that when um, you get in the car for the first time in like really sunny weather... 
there's only one CD you can put on, and that is the Beach Boys. Yeah. And you just have to open the sunroof and drive around. And um, it just so happens that actually one of my favourite songs is um, is by the Beach Boys, and it's fun, fun, fun. That's Tell her daddy one. takes the T-bird away. That is a very good song choice. Thank you. Should we do Check a- it out. I I will. And I have. Um, in fact, I, I played it at you when yeah, we were in the car. On the way to Haberdashery, this was when it happened. It's, everything is linked. It's a very small world when you're doing a podcast with your sister. Yeah. Um, I think that's actually the first time we've mentioned that, although I'm sure people have guessed that by now. That's oh yeah, because I think we've mentioned our parents. Well, the reason we know each other. That's how we know each other. Top fives. Uh, top fives. Let's move on. We've we've written these top fives. Yeah. But we think we're going to revisit it later. Yeah. And, and, and we might we might do sort of more specific book lists. Yeah. This is a general book list at the moment. Yeah. Um, my top five books are in no particular order because I can't think of any. So um, yeah, my top five books are. And I need to explain what some of these are. Uh, Anastasia, not the story of the Russian princess. Um, Anastasia is uh, a series of books about a girl who, she, uh, she lives in America, and I think the first one she's 10, and by the end of them, this is a children's series, by the way, <laughs> the first one she's 10, and I think by the end she's, she's about 13 or 14. She <laughs> occasionally gets herself into scrapes. She's got big red hair and glasses. Yes. Yeah, she has I've, massive, massive specs. I've never read like these owl. books. You've never read Anastasia. I know, it's really weird. Given I have that all of them. You were reading them, so obviously I should be doing what my big sister does. I have, I should point out, I did start reading them when I was 10. <laughs> They're one of those, they've carried over. Yeah. I didn't just read them last year, so I'll have a, have a flick through these, <laughs> these kids' books. In, in one of them, I think is possibly my favourite, or probably the one that I've read the most, is called Anastasia, absolutely. She accidentally puts a bag of, <laughs> puts a bag of dog food in a letterbox. <laughs> And she leaves, she puts the baby in the handbag in the manuscript in <laughs> the bassinet. It all goes horribly wrong. Um and um and then spends the entire book thinking that the and then and then the uh the next time she walks past the past the, the post box, it's not there. And she is racked with guilt and thinks that it's her fault and uh, and that she's going to go to prison for tampering with the mail, <laughs> which is a federal offence. Your next series It pans out well though. Also for young women. Also for young women, um, but for slightly older readers. It's the Sisterhood of the Travelling Pants. Okay. I love it. I bought it in um, America. That's why. In New York. Yeah, I really enjoy them. And there's actually, there are four. There were, some, there were right, the first one came out. And <laughs> I realised I was just about to, about to give the order of the series. The first one came out and then they did the second one. <laughs> Which then, is would you credit it number three? <laughs> Hold of thought. Um, um, brace yourself. <laughs> Four's next. <laughs> I was going more for like spacing. Okay. Um, and sort of intentions of how many she was going to write. Did the first one was the standalone? I think the first one works as a standalone. The others sort of they follow on nicely. It's not quite Back to the Future. There was no intention of doing any more. They wouldn't have put the girl in the car kind of thing. But wait, the end of the first one has them all going off with it. No, Back to the Future was a standalone film. It was never going to have a sequel. But they got in the car at the end. As a joke. It's a joke. Oh. this You see, this is... Right, going back to our Back, back to the Future discussion, we didn't see this the first time round, so we've always had three Back to the Future films. That's why they knock her out. That's why they knock her out, because... She wasn't meant to... She wasn't meant to be there. Well, she wasn't... There wasn't meant to if be another film. If they were going film. to have an adventure, they, they wouldn't have a girl in it. Yeah, well, no, that's the... That's the, the, um, the writers and... Uh, Sort of directors, producers have said, uh, have always said, oh, well, you know, when people ask them at Q and A's and stuff, well, were you all always going to have three? Or was it just going to be one? They're like, no, it was always going to be one. And then the and then the studio said, well, that went well. Let's do some more. Um, if we had, we would never have put Jennifer in the car. Oh, 
because then they've because the adventures is Marty and the and Doc Brown and Doc Brown. Um, actually, and also there is a new pants book out. Which <laughs> this book is pants. Travelling pants, which I haven't read yet. Um, but it's set that set some years later. They're they're I think the first one they're fifteen. Yeah, and then but there's a new one that came came out recently and is set sort of just as they're about to turn thirty. So it sort of leaps forward a bit. Um, yes, and the next one is um, the Thursday Next series. These are all series so far, but that's fine. Um, Thursday Next by Jasper Ford. She is kind of tricky to describe. She's a literary detective and she has the ability to jump into the book world. She has a nemesis as well. Yeah. Um, and and the nemesis is messing around with Jane Eyre for funsies. So she ends up having to make sure that Jane Eyre ends correctly. Yep. And then she has lots of further adventures. And then she has lots of further adventures. Um, which are all of a similar ilk and very enjoyable. Lovely. Uh, my fourth selection is um, Daddy Longlegs and Dear Enemy by Jean Webster. And they're really old. <laughs> and they're just... I haven't read them for ages, actually. I, I just really like them. Because well, they're, they're the kind 30s. of... the 30s. I think so. It's... Right, the first one is about a little girl called Jerusha Abbott. Who changes her name to Judy because her um, she lives in an orphanage and the um, the matron at the orphanage basically just gives them names that she sort of picked up any old place and uh, Jerusha was one that she happened to see on a tombstone <laughs> sort of the day before she day before this child turned up on the doorstep so she's like oh that'll do yep excellent uh, the matron not an un- not an unkind woman but um, just slightly not good at naming not good at naming and all, and um, and she didn't have a particularly enjoyable time at this place because they all had to wear brown gingham like dresses. And obviously she had to go to school sort of wearing the wearing the clothes from the poor box, knowing that one of the other girls in the class had probably already worn that dress. But um, anyway, a, a rich benefactor um, turns up at the orphanage and uh, is going to pay for one of the girls to go to college. This is, this is many years later, obviously, she's now 18. And <laughs> is either going to be out on her ear because she's 18, not a child yeah. anymore. Um, that is set in America. She goes, goes off to college and has a lovely old time. Mm. And then she meets her friend called Sally who becomes her sort of her best friend. And the, the second one is about Sally, dear enemy. Uh, and the, the last one is the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Uh, that is set sort of on Guernsey in and around the Second World War. Um, and then uh, in the modern day as well. It's sort of a, somebody moves to Guernsey and she's, and she's sort of finding out the history of her house. And there's there's a woman who was responsible for getting people out of concentration camps and sounds like a laugh a minute it's a laugh a minute it's sort of at some points it's really it's it's sort of it's 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 quite bittersweet at some points it's kind of oh horrible the atrocities of war at other points it's oh that's lovely that's nice yay um and the the residents of guernsey because they're occupied yeah um form something called the guernsey literary potato peel pie society that sounds lovely I well i've it. rambled on for long enough your turn um right <sighs> my top five are it starts with my actual favourite book, and this is what I'm sure of, which is called Time Stops for No Mouse. And I believe it is written for the 8 to 12 year old market. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's about a cl- uh, watchmaker mouse called Hermix Tantamok. And he accidentally gets embroiled in uh, a, a, an adventure. And he's, a very, he's got a very s- set little life. He has a pet ladybird called Turfler. What I like about it is that it, everything is... Is really well described, and they all have. They talk about the clothes that they wear, and it's. All, I mean, the, and everyone's. All the characters are rodents, or I think there might be some birds, but the, he has, you know, friends who are voles and stuff. Um, 
but it's not at all sort of woodland creaturey, and you kind of forget that there. It's not like he the little mice. Isn't this adorable? It's just that he has whisker whisker wax and stuff, um, and yeah, and I think they're written by an American as well, um, and there's a couple of them, and they're just so comforting and charming, and they're not at all twee, but they're about mice and. Yeah, I, I can't recommend them highly enough. And everyone has really awesome names like Hermix, Tantamuck. Um, my second choice is a series which I would like Jeeves and Worcester. I now own all three of the collections of short stories and I own one of the novels. Um, but I haven't read one of the collections of short stories. I only bought that the other week. Um, and I'm, so I'm going to buy, a, you can get a collection of the novels. But they're just so funny and so... I mean, I think everybody knows about Jews and Worcester and how clever and funny they are. And they are Hugh Laurie and Steve Fry. Yeah, obviously. Obviously. Um, My third choice is Little Dorrit, which is by Charles Dickens. Little Dorrit is is, is, uh, my favourite Dickens. I haven't read many Dickens, um, but I really like this one. My fourth choice is Pride and Prejudice. Which I'm pretty sure I love. <laughs> it was the book I read when I was about 14. And I realised that people before 1920 were funny. Because yes. I think also you see a lot of period dramas. And people sort of are very stiff and, and very very sort of classic. And it's, and kind, it's kind of a childish teenage thing of not getting Shakespeare as well. And stuff. Anything that isn't... Yeah. Anything that isn't in modern speak is old-fashioned, therefore it must be boring. Yeah, and also the old... It's not just... But people who presented it old-fashioned always presented it as, oh, everyone must have always behaved as polite... Politely. proper. Everything's proper. And Pride and Prejudice has proper jokes in. Um, And I laughed at that when I thought, (laughs) the past, it's funny. Um, And my fifth choice is The Lost Continent by Bill Bryson, um, who... Which I haven't read in ages, but... I cannot recommend it highly enough. <laughs> it is so... I mean, you, you can't... Don't read it. Don't read it with anyone near you unless you know them. Don't read it on public transport. Because you will laugh so much. It's all, Bill Bryson is uh, from Des Moines, Iowa. Somebody had to be. Um, and he's lived in England for a while at this point. And he goes back to America and goes all the way around it. Um, because it's his lost continent because he hasn't been there and he wants to, to revisit it. And it's his travels. And it's just hilarious. Um, and he also does one about um, notes from a small, small island, island. Yep. which is where he's come back to England. It starts off with when he first came to England. And then he goes, I think he's been in America. Because he, he lived in England and then he moved back to America. I think he's moved back to England now. Yeah. Um, and he goes, so he does a big sort of tour of England. Uh, it's just so funny, especially as we had it on tape, um, read by Kerry Shale. And I can't. Read Mr. It. Beaver in the for in the uh, Landwich and Wardrobe. In which version? The the old BBC one, the one that came in three chunks. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so I can't read it without hearing it in his voice from this audio tape. Um, and yeah, you, um, most recently Bill Brighton's done proper, more academic stuff. Um, and I just read his book at home, which is really really interesting. Um, it's a history of it's a sort of history of everything, but told through the told through going through the rooms in a house so although it's it's you know predominantly about what kitchens we use for there'll be a bit where he just tells you all about the original spice trade and stuff and that's really good is it a bit short on laughs though 
Yeah, it's not a laugh out loud, but there are bits where it's very cleverly, really funnily okay. written, and you're just going, I can't believe how much I'm learning. <laughs> Honourable mentions. Mrs. Dalloway slash The Hours. I think you have... You should read them as a pair. I say this because for English A-level, I had to read Mrs. Dalloway and The Hours yeah. because they're obviously kind of comparable. For about 70 years or so, obviously, you only got one of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they I think they work really well together. Uh, yeah. We were told... we, we our, our homework for the summer holidays was to read The Hours um, in preparation for the upper sixth, but not to read Mrs. Dalloway. Don't even attempt to read <laughs> Mrs. Dalloway. It'll just, um, but don't do it. So we had to finish the hours and not have touched Mrs. Dalloway, <laughs> so we could all read it together in a in a like controlled environment. Your next selection for our honorable mention, um, America Unchained by Dave Gorman. Yep, it's, um, yeah, it's one of his sort of adventure, but well, all of his books are kind of adventure books, really, aren't they? Yeah, but it's not um, messing around, doing ridiculous things from for, his flat. Bets from his flat sort of spurred on by something he and Daddy Wallace have ended up doing in the pub. He wrote the, the premise is that he decides to drive from one side of America to the other in a station wagon, but without using any chain gas stops. But he also doesn't stay in any chain hotels or eat in any chain like dining Eateries. establishments yeah. or go to supermarkets or anything like that. So he only uses mom and pop things. Their next choice, Winnie the Pooh, obviously. Classic. Um, no, no questions... Uh, why wouldn't you? Um, I have then put in. You see, you say favorite books, and you sort of expect fiction. But I've been reading a lot of non-fiction recently, and I read um, this absolutely whacking volume, uh, which is a biography of Marie Antoinette by Antonia Fraser. And it's just a really, it was just really interesting, and it's quite hard to keep track of because everyone is called Louis or Marie. Um, but once you get past that, it's uh it's just really interesting um and i just felt i was learning loads and i just finished her book about the gunpowder plot i think it's no longer being a student i'm now inclined to learn loads of stuff oh yes it's not enforced um your next honorable uh, mention the tin princess by philip pullman this is actually the fourth in a in a series of four which probably people are more familiar with the early ones which is the the um the ruby and the smoke and the tiger in the well but the Tim Princess is actually the last one, and which I accidentally read first, because um, I didn't realise it was part of a series. And it, I, I sort of looked back at the book when I when I'd finished it and realised what I'd done. And not, it's not actually that clear from the outside. Um, I kind of got to the end of it, and then the next pages were like, and here are the previous books. Whoopsie. Um, which it, it didn't particularly matter because it sort of it set a little bit later than the others, but it did mean that I just I knew who got to the end of some of the other which <laughs> characters made it to the end of some of the other volumes shall we say um but no it's really good it's like sort of proper victorian swash and buckle it's a it's a it's a proper adventure as are all the others yeah and the baddies are really quite horrible oh well that's good um my honorable mention is a book called the winter of our disconnect very clever what they've done there yeah, it was a very good book i enjoyed it as um, well it, the premise is a uh, an Australian mum of three, she she gets rid of all the, the screens and all the technology in her house. So they get rid of the television and the video consoles and the laptops and their phones. She's fed up of talking to the back of her children's heads and then going yeah, and then ten minutes later having no idea what she's just said. Um, and and at first, um, his they, she she has to bribe her children to do this because her children are something like thirteen, 
17 and 19. She brings up all these studies, which really freak you out when you realise how much time you spend online. Yeah. Um, and her daughter, at first, the youngest, says she doesn't want to do it, so she goes to stay they with do, her dad. They do blackout boot camp. Yeah, so they go on holiday. For, for two weeks, she basically turns the power off. So that when they when they start doing it properly, also she tells them on Christmas Day that they're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, kids, <laughs> this is happening. Um, and so she turns the power off for two weeks, so that so that by comparison it won't be as bad, and they can all just it's like boot camp; they'll get used yeah. to it. Um, uh, yeah, the youngest daughter refuses to take part in that and moves moves into her dad's house. Um, yeah, so those are all like, some favourite books. I'm sure we'll come back we to it. We may revisit. We may do more specific things. I was going to say we could do like children's books, but we've pretty much there's a lot of kids books. Got children's books anyway. We could do non-fiction. We've got non-fiction in there. Uh, maybe at some point we'll just separate out and do streamline a mega blockbuster episode, which is just lists of books, all the books, a top five special, the complete world of books abridged. Yes. Um, so let's move on to Neil and Fed, and we return to Rosie and Jessica at the Haberdashery Cafe for an update on some tea cozies. Yeah, of course, we have tea cozies knitted in a little production line at home. Thanks to Jessica. Yeah. I've started a new one. It's going to be a lot taller. Mm. It's, I'm looking forward to seeing how the stripes come up. Yeah, the colours seem longer than... The previous The previous um, tea cosy, the tea cosy, was knitted. Um, you need two different colours, so I, I knitted it with a ball of cream and a ball of bright pink. Um, and this one I'm knitting with a ball of cream and a ball of sort of changing colour, that kind of fake fair isle stuff. Um, but some of the some of the colours are a lot longer. Yeah, I expected them to be much others. shorter. So there are you know quite a long bit where it's just green. I and seem it's to orange, have done and then sort of you know two and a half rows of orange, and then it's been something else, and it's gone back to orange again, and then there's a two you know two. Well, rows I think of green. by the time it finishes, especially if it's going to be taller, then yeah, yeah, I think it all work out. I think the um, it, uh, it seems to just take a while for other colours to kick in. A sort of uh, mossy mossy grey slaty colour has kicked in. That's there's quite pink nice. in it as well. Yeah, it? there's pink and there's blue, and there are creamy flecks. I think well, especially with the the green and the orange they're very sort of sour tic-tac-y colours yes, once, like the, once the pink comes in it, even that one wants to make it pop the pink and the blue I think yeah. once they turn up it'll be good but at the moment it's like, oh this could be hideous yes but it's that kind of style so it doesn't matter that it's hideous because it's a, it's a kitsch tea cosy um, are you worried that your pink and cream one is going to end up as covered in tea as partly um, but it, it is acrylic because for that very reason because you can wash it mm. um, also I am currently being really precious about the way we use it, and um, and I sort have of have you put a cosy over the cosy, <laughs> put a cosy over the cosy, but I sort of tap the edge of the spout against the cup to sort of get oh, rid yeah, of the drip, the drips. or wipe or, it off, or it needs to be always served with a piece of kitchen towel or or a oh, cloth, it's a not, very, cloth. not very flavoursome, so no, but um, you can you can wipe the spout before you set it back down so the, the drip. So I realised, oh, you need to be careful how you pour it. It's not the pouring that's the problem. It's when you put it down and there's that one drip that runs down the outside of the spout and soaks into the tea cosy. Well, there you have it. That's that's further tea cosy discussion. Longer a longer discussion of how to use a teapot than I think any of us either, either contemplated, heard, contemplated, or indeed been involved in before in our lives. Um, you are welcome. So I finished my sort of snood, my circular scarf um, that I think I'd restarted last time. Um, it has got a big twist in it, which is really annoying. So I got five rows in and realised that her twist, but it was a third attempt, and I thought I can't do this again. But on the other hand, I've just started knitting a snood, kind of a summer weight snood, yeah. a light snood, but it also, I think, will be able to be used as a head wrap. Okay. Um, but it did mean that you'd just done that, and uh, and I was really careful about not twisting it. It's really annoying, because <laughs> I've started it three times. The first two times, when I was just getting it wrong and it wasn't working, no twist whatsoever. When I start actually getting into the pattern and no doing it properly, um, so I've tucked all the, the finally tucked all the ends in with the crochet hook, and it's, I mean... 
it's been pretty warm. Um, just in time for summer. Just in time for summer. Camp blankets. Yes. Um, Going back to guides. So this week I am going to a uh, knitting group, by which I mean my friends and I are going to Starbucks and we're going to knit, except... That's exactly what the knitting clubs I've been to before. My friend Lynn and I once um, got our picture taken by a nice old German lady in uh, in Cafe Nero. Because you were knitting. Because we, we were crocheting. Um, well, I'm going to see my friends who are also knitters, but I have no current projects cast on um, because I don't really know where to go from this scarf and I haven't got very much wool. Um, I have, I've not been knitting long enough to have a stash. Stash busting is not, is not an issue for me. Um, so I'm taking my guide camp blanket, which... For those of you who don't know, it's a big blanket that you sew all your badges and you can put neck, old neckerchiefs and all sorts yep. on. Um, and ours... and you, can, you can put it on your bed when you're camping. Yeah. And then you can wear it to campfire. But to be honest, that you get really hot doing that. Um, but you, a lot of them are. do if you're leading the campfire. If you have a flat blanket and you cut a T-shape in the middle so that you can put it over your head like a poncho and wear it around. Brilliant. And they're really cool. And... I mean, ours, mine's pretty empty, especially on the back, so I haven't put my neckerchiefs on, but the front is filling up quite well. I've had to build an extension on mine. My camp blanket, I've got a big stack of badges that I'm taking to the cafe. Oh, dear. Uh, the cafe. <clears throat> so I've got, oh, not as many as I thought to sew on. What's that one? What's this one? Yeah. Oh, that was a, uh, a, a county challenge day that they went to on my birthday. Good times. Um, and hopefully the thinking day badges I bought last week should turn up soon. Oh, can I have one? Yes, I bought one for you. Yeah. Um, awesome. So I've not done my song. Not done your song. So, Rosie, what is your new musical choice for this week? Uh, this week, um, I am going for Me and Julio Down by the Schoolyard by Paul Simon. <laughs> Paul Simon. Paul Simon. Um, and... Uh, it's a really, really jolly, upbeat song. It's the opening song on the new Muppet film, which is where I've been hearing it most. But weirdly, in the last few months, my friend Toby said, do you like this song? And he calls me Rosie Queen of Corona because that's one of the lines. Yep. And so I was like, oh, I don't know this song. What's the weird song? So does anyone ever call you that? No, no one's heard of that song. And then it was in the Muppet and it's on the soundtrack, which we now have. Love it. Yeah. So it's a really good song. So we've got some upbeat, good cho- jolly choices this yeah. week. I was clear that the sun has been out this week. Strolling around. Put the on your headphones Finally. or your big ghetto blaster and stroll around your street. I saw a man, I was standing at the bus the other day, and the man just walked past with a massive ghetto blaster. I love 1993! Like, if, if he had put it on his shoulder in the way that you can put the money shot, it wouldn't, he wouldn't have been able to do it because oh. it was that big. <laughs> like a coffin. Like a coffin, yes. Uh, no, because I have once seen a man carry a coffin on his shoulder. It was a prop coffin. It was a prop coffin. I was at college. It wasn't a very unorthodox funeral. There was no one in it. <laughs> um, so, uh, for our final little treat, oh, th- what we've seen this week. What we've seen this week. But I have to do an update on last week's. Oh, yes. Because I told you the wrong thing to search for, and I'll put it in the show notes properly. I said you had to re- search for Admiral Horatio Houndblower. Hound you should actually search for Admiral Horatio Hornbarker <laughs> to find the dog in naval uniform. Obviously. Obviously. What a schoolboy error. Um, so we'll put um, a, a proper link in both shows for show notes once the, on the, the blog, which is nearly done. Yes, um, so so close to there. Um, and yeah. So the, the actual thing we've seen this week is Jessica. It's, it's a really nice thing. It's not a silly thing that we found on the internet or somebody doing something strange, although if you want to include that, the man with the ghetto blaster. Um, it's, it's actually a really lovely cooking series that I found on BBC One. On, it's not obscure. It was on BBC One on yeah. Saturday morning. <laughs> you won't have seen it. Um, it's called The Little Paris Kitchen. 
Um, and it, it does what it says on the tin. What it says on the tin. And I've seen episode two, but they are all still on iPlayer until the end of April. Um, and I don't know how many episodes they're going to be, but the first the first episode was on last week yeah. and, and is on there till the end of April. So presumably that's sort of long enough to get the whole whole series in, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lady called Rachel Koo, I think. She lives. She's she was born in Croydon and she lives in Paris and she studied at Croydon Bleu. Um, and this is all in the not not Croydon Bleu, <laughs> not Croydon Bleu. Um, and um, <laughs> I'm very pleased with that. <laughs> well done, you. Thank you. Um, and this is all information that is found in the um, in the show show info on the on the iPlayer. Um, and she runs a a, the, a restaurant called the Little Paris Kitchen from her flat, and it has it only has two covers, so she can only serve two people at any one time. See, that just I would imagine gets a bit awkward. Here's your food. Can I join? I mean, <laughs> do you want to look at my books? Presumably, you then go back into the kitchen and do other other kitchen do, do things. pudding. Yeah, um, yeah. It sounds fun, and she wears kind of vintagey outfits, and she has a lovely little apartment, and um, and it's sort of she, you know, she goes to the market to buy the fish, and she sort of meets people, and she in the second episode she learns how to make baguette, so she's sort of out and about, um, but she packs the packs the recipes, in, and I've been watching it for ten minutes, and she was already on the third one. That's impressive. It was good, lovely. It sometimes makes me things like that sometimes make me think. Oh, maybe it's maybe it's a shame I don't eat meat because I'll never do like proper cooking, you know, like rolling bits of lamb in um in flour and stuff. You will never do proper cooking, Jessica. I'll never do proper cooking. I just chop things up and lob them in pots. Jessica, yesterday's Sunday roast was a mock goose. It was lovely. And on that note, um, that's the end of this week's episode. Yes. Um, we will be back in a in a fortnight. Hopefully by then, things are rumbling on. We should have the website and we should be on iTunes yes, for our international listeners. And I know there are many. Oh, that's two weeks. Oh, yeah, they don't have that word. No. God, get a, get a grip. This is why we need an empire, frankly. Um, we will see you in a fortnight. Bye! Bye. Um, interest badges are, are if you have an interest in something and you wish to explore it further. So if you have a hobby or something like that, so you can you you have to do lots of little like tasks. film lover or outdoor stuff. Chocolate. There are eight hundred and seventy five confectionery based. The one is actually called confectionery, and we have chocolate and we have cook and we have and bandit chef, and we have out bandit. We have no, we have banned banned it. I was like, that's not a bandit badge. <laughs> yeah, we well, must dress up as a Mexican bandito and hold up what? another unit. I know I don't. I know I don't come every week now, but <laughs> moving swiftly on. Yeah. <laughs>